Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. My guest today is Kendra Hall, the Chief Storytelling Officer at Success Magazine, award-winning keynote speaker and author of Stories That Stick, and uh, the creator of numerous online courses for professional storytelling. I did not realize how important storytelling was in my life and for the business until I came across her book, Stories That Stick. It was one of those books that I actually you know, read multiple pages at once. And that's very actually challenging for me because I have an attention span of a goldfish. But Kendra and her courses have been pivotal in expanding my professional base and understanding of storytelling. And I absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, know that the concepts uh, I'm learning through her are gonna be very pivotal in making the business grow to where we want it to. This episode is also brought to you by Rich Cardona Media, where we film, edit, and distribute social media content, video content for LinkedIn, where you have a massive opportunity to grow and get your brand elevated to where it needs to be. Let's get into it. Kendra, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you, Rich. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, I told you right before we started that I just prepared questions. I never prepare questions, but I prepared a couple just before. And the first question I have for you is what story have you told that you completely bombed and why did that happen? So yeah. one, and now I can't even really remember what it was, but I was at an event and it really wasn't that long ago. Um, it was a more, a more recent event. So I'd been doing this job for a long time. Um, and and I just decided to tell a story kind of off the cuff of something that had happened. And now I can't even remember what it was, but it was something with my son. Um, and, and I hadn't really, I just kind of like put it in there. And I got about halfway through the story. Fortunately, it was, it was a very, very short story. And I was like, I mean, because I believe so much of storytelling it isn't about the teller. It's about, it's that, it's that community aspect of it. So as important as the teller is the audience. And I was like talking and trying to tell this story. And I saw them looking at me like, what is she? And I've been doing it right. So I've been doing it long enough to know that it just wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere. Um, and I wasn't even sure why I was telling it in the first place. So, so if you, <laughs> and then I kind of just like, was like, and the end. And I just yeah. like got right back on track. Interestingly, what happened afterwards was there was a Q and A in front of the whole group. And one of the questions, um, they said, it was a similar question to what you just asked. Like, what do you do when you get stuck in a story that is yes. And I was like, well, that happened earlier. Uh, you know, and then it reminded them that I had been telling them the story about my son that didn't really work. Um, and so the point that I was making is, especially in business, I mean, in life, right, you can tell a story out socially and not have it work and it's whatever that's part of life. But when you're using stories in business, which is ultimately a big part of my expertise, of what I teach, of what I train, of what I believe in, um, it's important to it, it's important to for two 
two things are important. Number one, it's important to have a set of stories mm -hmm. that you know work, mm -hmm. that you know illustrate the points that, that you need to deliver, that are time-tested. Um, it's also important, though, to experiment with other stories that maybe you haven't heard before or you haven't told before because we can't get really stuck in old stories and then 15 years go by and we're telling the same stories. But what I would say is don't be on stage in front of 400 people <laughs> and test a story that you don't really know is going to work or not. Find the lower stakes situations. So fortunately, the audience was very forgiving and, and then it, it served to be a great example. So that was one situation where a story bombed. But a bigger situation, and I think I actually write about this in Stories That Stick, mm -hmm. um, was I had this huge opportunity when I was just a classical storyteller. Uh, what is that? Because, what is a classical storyteller? I know. It's, it's this little... I mean, it sounds like is, a secret society. It kind of is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So, so a classic storyteller isn't someone that's like doing it. It's, this is like before the moth. This is, this is the people, maybe you remember in elementary school that like a guy came in with a banjo and a hat and told stories to your like fifth grade class, right? Like the, these are, um, and where I was, was at a storytelling festival and they have these festivals all over the country. And, and really that was my first introduction to storytelling was, telling stories on the speech team. It's very popular in high school. Um, just like all the speech team kids are. And then, and then going to these storytelling festivals. Mm -hmm. And, and th that was the first time that I realized just how powerful a story can be because mm -hmm. you'd be in these, under these huge circus tents and crammed on these teeny tiny chairs. And the storyteller, there would just be one person standing on the stage. And sometimes their story was five minutes. Sometimes it was an hour and a half. And it isn't theater. Like, you, it isn't theater. So you don't have scene changes. And it isn't even um, a one-man show or a one-woman show where there's some dramatization. It's, uh, and it's not like a spoken word where there's an – it's just telling stories. <laughs> anyway, so I a huge honor of my life was to be invited to tell – at this festival, um, which people wait their entire career to be able to tell at. And I think I was like 25, 26. Um, and I was so, it was only eight minutes and I wanted so badly to be perfect. And I feel like this is a thing, you know, like this is the thing that we do that I memorized every single word. Mm. So I practiced that story until it was flawed, like there was not a single word that was off. And when I got on stage, it was true. I told it perfectly. I didn't miss a word, but I finished and people were like, oh, oh God. And, and, then, and then like, I had people come up to me and say, wow, that was a really well written story. Um, but what had happened was, and my mentor came up to me afterwards and was like, you, I'm like, what happened? What did I do? Why is it? And he's like, you told the words. You didn't tell the story. <laughs> yeah. That was Donald Davis who said that to me. So, so that's something else that, you know, I, I mentioned just a, a, a moment ago that so much of what makes storytelling great is that 
is that interaction, is the room for the story to breathe along with the audience that's listening to it. And I had kind of um, taken that out. I was just reciting, which then, yeah, then it is a one-woman show if you're yeah. just reciting lines or whatever it was. So those are the two instances and lessons that I learned that I hope help people as they're listening to this podcast. Don't memorize your story. <laughs> I love that. I mean, uh, that's over-preparation. Uh, it, it's... It's, it's wanting to be so perfect that I think it just kind of makes any creativity dissipate. So I want to talk about entrepreneurship. And as an entrepreneur, we get advice more often than we want. Everyone's like, have you done this? Or why don't you do this? It's, it's crazy. And uh, Mark Manson, one of my favorite authors, writes about how pointing out all the negative things that you're not doing or in your life is very good for business. So if you're an entrepreneur, people are going to tell you, you need to get your mindset right. People are going to say your branding needs to be right. People are going to say your sales team needs to be perfect. People are going to say you're doing too much. You need to outsource. There's all these wickets of running a business that matter so much. So why does storytelling even hold a candle in that realm of the importance of running a successful business? Mm. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. So, I mean, there is the, the business of business and then there, I think there's like some of the art of business. And I mean, you can do all those things. You can outsource, you can brand, but you know, blah, 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 blah. But, but if people don't care about your company, uh, if people don't feel connected to to you or to your team or to your purpose, uh, your business isn't gonna go anywhere. Um, and so, so yeah, there is. A, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur myself. There are yeah. so many different things that at any given time you need to be doing, but the story is the thing that if you can figure out the story, one story, several stories, many stories, whatever it is that, that, that works for you, I find that that's where you start to feel some of the um, magic of business happen, of when, when you know you're doing the right thing, when you're not just like, gosh, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? When you, when you start communicating who you are and what you're doing in story, the people will respond to you in a positive way. Like they'll be like, oh, you, you know, and then, and then that kind of positive feedback loop. Um, I don't know. I think that helps make business worth it when you're like, oh, people actually get it or they actually like what I do. Or I don't feel like I'm just saying things and nobody hears it or, or understands it. Yeah, absolutely. So when in stories that stick which for everyone who does not already own it go look for it right now because it this i am a terrible 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 reader i can read i know how to read okay but i cannot my attention does not stay on on pages on websites very long because i am racing at a mile a minute in my head but this is one of those books that i read several pages in a row and then more and more and you know, I was on a couple of flights and I was like, oh my Lord, like this is what I've been looking for. So number one, do that. Uh, but you talk about the four different stories in your book. And I was going to ask you if you could cover those very briefly and, yeah. and just pick out as, as an entrepreneur, as a veteran entrepreneur, like does one really 
outweigh the other. And, and, and if you were just going to say, look, I don't want to just inflate my mind with all these different things. If there's something I need to focus on, which one is it? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the four stories are the value story, the founder story, the purpose story, and the customer story. Um, so to give just kind of a rundown of each and then we'll talk about, you know, where to start. The value story is really a story for sales and marketing. Um, value stories are the stories that take what it is that you have or what it is that you offer. And it's a story about what that would mean in somebody's life. So you can say, oh yes, we do this, this, and this, but what does that mean for somebody? Mm -hmm. Um, and and there's a variety of different ways you can approach value stories, but that's the first one. The second one is the founder story, which is the story of how it all began and, and why it all began and, and why the founder, founders, um, decided to do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, and in many cases, the founder story can be the differentiator between two companies that do the exact same thing, but one that told the story and one that didn't. Yep. Um, because people don't want to do business with business. They want to do business with people. Even, even if they are, like even if it is a big, huge bank or whatever it is. Um, the third story is a purpose story. This is a story for leaders in organizations. It's one of my favorite stories because it's kind of like any message that you have to deliver. Um, Oh gosh, I just had somebody email me. I now I can't remember what it was. So, but like taking a, like even if you have to talk to your teenager about why not to text and drive to tell a story about somebody texting and driving. And this is why we don't, oh, that's what it was. Um, it was a woman who had been in a car accident because somebody had their dog on their lap. And this is many years ago. So she now tells this story to people like don't drive with your dog on your lap and tells the story of what happened to her when somebody hit her because their dog was on their lap and then the fourth story is the customer story uh and that's really the customer story is a version of the value story but the key with the customer story is it really is it comes from the customer it's the customer's experience um mm -hmm. And it really requires that you talk to your customers. So you can learn some of the nuances of, of why they chose you and, and how great that experience was. Mm -hmm. So if you are an entrepreneur, the, the top two stories that you'd want to start with are either the value story or the founder story. Mm. Um, it really depends on what matters most to you right now. If, if what you need are sales, then you might want to be focusing on value stories. Mm -hmm. If what you need is differentiation for you, you might want to focus on a founder story. And I would actually say then to go one more level, because you did say this, Rich, for veteran entrepreneurs, I would go with the founder story. I would start there. Because, because your experience, um, the fact that you are a veteran, that that matters. Like people, people need to hear that story. There's um there's, there's a beautiful thing about that. So I would, I would start there. The founder story. Thank you. Um, so one question I had about that is the customer story. I, 
and, and I've discussed uh, my business with you briefly on some of the coursework, uh, which is doing personal branding for executives. And, and I always say, you know, no one's interested in the company. People are interested in the people in the company, you know, mm-hmm. let every, and, and one thing that never seems to come to mind for people is the customer story. And obviously, you know, I'm a video guy, but I'm like, you need to get people talking on video about you and what you did for them or what this product did or what the service did, because then people could get the emotion. It's tangible. You could feel it. Um, who should tell the customer story though? I mean, you mentioned if I receive a letter from Kendra that says, Rich, my LinkedIn is off the charts now. Thank you so much. Now I have all these speaking engagements or something along those lines. Should it be you or me saying it? Well, it can go interestingly where we are right now. And I think Michael sent you, my husband and business partner sent you an email earlier today, Rich. Um, We are in the search for, we we're, we need customer stories for our online course. I have an online course. Um, and so it's, we're asking for those stories. And then, so I was talking with Michael about it and he said, well, it really should be them in a video telling the story. Right. And I said, yes, for sure. That is, that is ideal. However, the other option is like, let's say, you know, you rich don't want to film a video of you, (laughs) of you telling the story, but the questions that we sent, um, what they're going, the questions that we asked weren't just, Hey, could we didn't say, Hey, can you just tell us a little bit about your experience? It was what made you think about trying this course? Um, you know, what, what did you experience while you were in the course? Now that you're on the other side, what have you learned? There are questions that will then reveal the answers will come back in the story format. So even if they come back in an email, what mm-hmm. I can do is I can, if I, then I can film a video and yes. say, you know, I heard from Rich, Rich's, and then I would tell you a little story about you. And then I would say, and this is what, rich said and i will tell your story got it that helps a lot so uh, i want to get back into you mentioned marketing and sales and one of my biggest pieces of guidance for uh prospects and potential clients is 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 the fact that visibility is extremely important that whatever value you have to bring uh it's you have to be visible visible in order for that value to be to materialize and the highest the, the best way to become visible in my opinion is video and and i stick to that obviously i have to stick to that because i'm in love with it and i believe in it but if, if i'm starting out and i want that value to be realized and i want to be visible i need sales but i also need to build my brand who is storytelling more important for? Is, is it more important on the marketing side or is it more important on the sales side or does it carry equal weight? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it just depends on your your immediate, like the way that you do business. I think mm-hmm. a, a value story can work for both sales and marketing. So you mm-hmm. can use a value story in a sales conversation and then you can also use it as a marketing piece on your Facebook or you know, you can, if you're sending out flyers, you can print a story on a flyer because if somebody gets a flyer with a story on it, they will read the, they, they, they will read it. Like this, <laughs> you can send them a flyer and if it's just a bunch of bullet points, they're not going to read it. <laughs> they will read the story. So, so it works 
either way, um, what I would suggest is find, determine what the most important things are that your audience needs to know about you, needs to know about what you offer, needs to know about your business. So start there. Make a list of the most important things that if only they knew this, if only they got that you can do this, this, and this, and other people do this other thing, which is worse, that will be, I would say that that's a more important um, list of things to do or, or um, way to organize or prioritize which things to do. So have those messages out. And then when is a time that you have seen that message be illustrated? Like, oh, you had, you remember you went to your friend's house and maybe it's a dog walking company. You, you decided to start a dog walking company because they're, they had this like really fast dog that had gotten super fat. And you were like, dude, your dog is fat, you know? And you were like, why doesn't, and then as you, you're like, I'll take the dog for a walk. And then as you're out walking the dog, you looked around and saw all these fat dogs. You're like something isn't right here. I know I'm going to start a dog walking company. And maybe it isn't even that. Maybe it's like, an athletic dog walking company. I just made this up. Yeah. That is not a bad idea. It's not. Um, you could tell the story when you were at your friend's house who had their fat dog. Can I yeah. say that? Or is that? That's of okay. course you can. Actually, you just gave like that. I'm going to take that idea a step further. Both the dog and the walker have weight to lose. So they're going on a journey together. And then it becomes a story that, that I videotape. <laughs> <laughs> when I start that company. Yeah. I was curious as, as you, as a, as a, you know, just phenomenal storyteller and someone who just loves storytelling, period. Is there a movie that you're like, this movie tells a story better than any movie? I mean, if you enjoy movies, maybe it's a book instead, but is there any storytelling adventure that sticks out in your mind as this is unbelievable i know one that i really didn't like oh tell me about that frozen (laughs) i've never seen it i have two daughters i've never seen it (laughs) so here's the thing like obviously obviously you can do really great things and and not tell a great story um but I remember watching that movie and thinking to myself that, and my daughter actually, she was really little when she first saw it. And she said, is Elsa the bad guy? And, and it was so interesting because they hadn't, they were trying to cram too much story into the story. And yeah. they, they, there was like a character thing that did, it left more questions than there were answers. Ooh. And then I think it was Charles Duhigg wrote a book in one of his books, I think he, and I can't remember which one, but he talked about Frozen. And he said, he did a whole thing on it where Disney was going along and they had an entirely different story that they were going to tell. And then they tested it and Elsa was like the bad guy. And they (laughs) tested it and it didn't go well. And then they were like, oh, we're going to tell. But they still had the um, let it go song. It's (laughs) It's like they got this great song and they couldn't let let it go go. and so it didn't make it didn't end up if you really watch it it does it it does leave more questions than it has answers and and it was interesting then to watch the movie and then hear charles duhigg's breakdown of disney's struggle with the movie and really what they did and again it ended up paying off yeah i guess was i think they wanted it to be sisters coming together 
And so yes. they kind of let that, and, and in the end, it, it just got, it was a, a worse story than it could be. Yeah, I've evaluated that movie more times than I'm comfortable with. So you know, right? Oh, like, I know. Oh, I absolutely that, know. The story isn't right. It's, it's close, but it's not right. It's, it's slightly off and it just is compensated for with music as Disney loves to do. Which so let great. me ask you, let me ask you this. Uh, and again, this is, this is less business, more, more about you. What is the most important story that you don't tell enough? Mm. I, well, and I could give you, I, I could give you an example of mine, for example, to jog your memory if you want. I don't have anything like ready to go, but I could tell you right now that I absolutely struggle as a business owner with uh, taking it personally when clients don't collaborate in the manner in which we assume they would. It's super difficult uh, to, to keep clients like that. And I don't feel like I'm even putting myself in jeopardy by saying that or anything, but it's, it's, there is a collaborative process to what we do. It's not just deliverables. So yeah. that's difficult. And those are stories I don't tell enough. And it's actually really important that I tell those stories because I actually think it will attract more people that the, the right people. Uh, I, I think it's incredibly important. And sometimes I just get nervous talking about it. But as Gary Vee says, you know, the journey, the journey, the journey. And Every time I talk about the journey, it, it pays off pretty well. So yeah. it leaves very little to the imagination in terms of what we do, how we do it, and what we stand for. Yeah. So that's kind of an example for me. I, I just simply don't tell it enough. Yeah, and I think that I, I, that was, I was going to say there are two, two ways that I would look at this. And that's one of them. Um, we don't, as people, I feel like, or business owners, we don't tell the stories of where things went wrong yeah. um and when things because we don't want people just like you said like i i think it's okay that i i say this um now from your perspective what you just shared right there i hadn't thought of it that way you sharing those stories really is going to bring in people who are like yeah i've i've been there before or or i don't want to be that person or i want to work with somebody who is hurt by that because that means they really care about their work <laughs> um and it also when you tell that story those kinds of stories at the beginning of the working relationship when things start to go like if they do start to get off track a little bit the, the client has that story in their mind, like they're going to remember that they're going to be like, Ooh, this is like that time that he told me about the, so, so, so yeah. So those, the negative stories are important to, and they're not negative. They're learning experience. They're matter of fact. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and the other, the other side of that piece of it is I think like for me personally, um, and I don't mean to do this, but I don't, I don't spend a lot of time focusing on what went wrong. Like I'm, I'm always like, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? But the danger is, um, people think that it was easy. You know, people think that my business or, or where I am now and how I got here must've been easy. And, um, I think that's a bit of a disservice. So, so I wouldn't necessarily say like that should be part of your marketing. Um, but as a human, as you're talking to other business owners or you're mentoring someone or is, 
is to be somewhat open about the challenges so that when other business owners face them, they're like, oh, well, Rich struggled with that and he got, you know, he is where he is. And then it, it, your story could end up being a gift for someone else if for no other reason than to make them feel normal. And then the other story that I don't tell enough is actually the story um, to myself because I think self storytelling is so important. Um, we get to pick and choose what we say to ourselves uh, on any given day or every given day. And I don't often tell myself the stories since I'm always focused on where I'm going and what I'm working towards. I don't often take time to think back on my own success stories. I don't celebrate them. I don't really think about them. I just, and that doesn't serve me a emotionally for myself. That doesn't serve me. Right. When you're all like, you should recognize how far you come. And it also doesn't serve me then when it comes it, like in business, if I don't remember, or if I haven't frequently told myself my own success stories, uh, how am I going to advocate for myself to, to get a bigger contract to, you know, close a bigger, whatever it is. Um, so I think self storytelling, especially when it comes to, you know, how far you really have come, uh, yeah. is important. That's, huge, uh, I think for people like me, uh, in their first, you know, almost two years of business or first year of business, uh, you don't, I, I never dwell on the good and positive things that happen. I always feel like, you know, things are getting better every day is a little bit better. Every month is a little bit better, but I, I certainly don't celebrate those long enough. And I think it's actually detrimental to just having the mindset of, of where it actually can go. Uh, I, and, and part of that is I have this philosophy. I just say, there's no finish lines. There's only starting lines. Every time I land this or get this person, this, or we do this or whatever it may be, we're just like, what's next. And it's actually probably worth uh, a little self auditing to take the time to just celebrate it a little bit more. So thank you for that. That just helped me. Yeah, what do you do when you cross the finish line? You celebrate. Like, what do you do when you win the baseball game? You go out for ice cream. Like, what do you do when you complete a project or, or sign a contract? Or you're like, okay, that's done, so next. And, and with, so with no finish lines, there are no celebrations. So you need to, you need to I need to, <laughs> yeah. need to celebrate those a little bit more. I'm going to have now have to reframe my phrase. But um, the last thing I wanted to get into um, quickly is veterans who are not necessarily going to start their own business or and I mean, this could really go for anyone who's in a transitional state of their lives. But specifically for for people like me, I always like to say act two is about you. So whatever we did in the military, a lot of times it wasn't by choice. And it doesn't mean we hated doing it. Nine times out of 10, we excel at it. And we do very well. And we stay in and, and we learn and, and that's it. But just because I was a military police officer doesn't mean I want to be a police officer. Just because I was, uh, you know, uh, a ship welder doesn't mean that's what I want to do when I get out either. So I always have this fear for others that that is the default. Like, when am I going to have time to learn something else? When am I going to be able to get industry experience elsewhere? So if I'm rich and I am a pilot, which I was, and I get out and I have no interest in flying, and there I am kind of exploring the, the, the tugs I've had, the things that have attracted my interest. How can I position myself through storytelling in 
potentially the interview process or networking with recruiters or hiring managers to, to really give them the confidence that I can get to a place that I'm commensurate with my peers who have never served and who've been in the industry longer than I. That's a great, and that I, it makes me, because I've, I've heard this before and it makes me sad to hear it because I think that it is just such a, it's such a missed opportunity. Um, and this isn't a matter of fault. It's like to, again, it goes back to recognizing your own. So, so here's what I would recommend doing a, a couple of things. Number one, uh, take a look at your experience in the military and yes, what your job was, but also like what the higher level things are. So you're a pilot. That means you have to navigate a whole lot of details all at once, right? Like literally navigate, but, but also like metaphorically, um, there needs to be like, uh, a very quick assimilation of, of details and decision-making details and decision-making is an extremely important job skill that, that a lot of people, they can go as long as they want to to school. Um, they're not going to have that kind of a real, or even in the, in the job training, they're not going to have that kind of, it becomes a reflex for you. So, so I would take a look at what are the, and you're going to have to, you're going to, you are going to have to look at it a little bit with a different eye because our stories don't sound like stories to us. They just sound like life. Like, oh, yes. well, this is just what I did each day. And so you're going to have to pause and say, somebody, there is a lot of great material in here that is mm. valuable that will get me where I want to go next. Everything I've experienced is all I need to get me to what the next thing is that I need to experience. So, so what are the things, those big, like, traits that you learned, whether it is, um, you know, it's not, it's like, like that you work well with authority. Like, I feel like that's, you know, that you can take, you can take orders while also being autonomous. You know, like there's, there's yeah. so many like complex things that employers, now this is for people who aren't going to start their business that employers are looking for. The other thing I would say is, is think about, so make that list. Like what are the skills that you did have? And then as you make that list, think about specific stories. One night when this happened or one particular interaction or one, one thing. Like go, don't say, you know, we always had to work together as a team. Otherwise the whole team would fail. No, give me one night where like, for better or worse, you had to work together as a team. So that's one thing. Okay. And then the other thing is I want you to think about what are they going to be asking? What are the people who are hiring you or interviewing you? Or what are they going to be hesitant about? You mentioned, oh, well, you don't have the experience. Um, so then you can tell a story about that shows that while it isn't the immediate job experience, this experience is equally as valuable. Yeah. Know what they value, I guess, is what I'm saying. And when you know what they value and what they might be questioning, all you got to do is tell a story that, to show that you match that value and they don't need to ask those questions. You're good. 
I, I agree. And for any veterans listening, I think it's also important. One key detail there is to certainly do it in a manner in which it's uh, the language and terminology that relates to what they're doing. That is so unbelievably important. And it could be a huge miss. If I talk to Kendra about half the things in the cockpit and this, this, and this, and just use all the acronyms that I know, I might lose her. And out of fear of not knowing what I'm talking about, it may just actually be a turnoff and, and kind of mm-hmm. sink the ship. So here's actually, that is um, in stories that stick, and I, I won't, but I talk about the four components that a story needs to have, and one of them is the emotion. And so when in doubt, lead with emotion, because those, the emotions that happen in those situations are so much more important than the names of the levers and the <laughs> acronyms and whatever it else, uh, whatever else it is. So the, the book will help guide what to keep and what to leave out in that way. Love it. Uh, Kendra, where can people find you, uh, look into some of your courses, uh, all that good stuff, which I, I cannot recommend enough. I mean, and I've, I've sent you screenshots like this person bought a book, this person bought a book. I mean, it makes me so happy, but where can they find you uh, so they could uh, learn? So the best place is kindrahall.com. So it's K-I-N-D-R-A-H-A-L-L.com. And the reason I say that is because if you scroll down just a little bit on the website, you'll see a spot on there that says, do you want updates from Kindra? Um, Put your name in, put your email address in, and that way you'll be getting all of the, I send out weekly emails that are, are, storytelling oriented. You'll know if there's a program out there. You'll know if there's a book coming. Uh, On my website, there's also a store. So if you want to get right into it, you can do that. And then of course, I'm on social media, Kendra Hall. Yeah. So thank you uh, so, so, so much uh, for all your time. I cannot wait to get this out there and we'll see you next time. See you soon. Everyone, thank you so, so much for listening to Kendra and her stories about stories and why it's important for business, entrepreneurship, and all of that. If you got anything from it, you know I have to ask if you could take the time to review or rate the podcast. That would be extremely beneficial to the growth of it. And by that, I mean it can reach more people. Every week for the last four weeks, a podcast has just been getting better and better. And like we keep exceeding uh, weekly views or weekly downloads. And I'm thrilled about it. I just want to make sure I bring as much value as I can. So if you enjoyed it, please take the time to give me some feedback, rate it, and let me know if you have any questions. I could always be reached at rich at richcardonamedia.com.